Chapter Eight of Windsor Castle, Book Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Windsor Castle, Book Two by William H. Ainsworth. Chapter Eight. How the King and the Duke of Suffolk were assailed by Hearn's band and what followed the attack henry and suffolk on leaving the forester's hut took their way for a short space along the side of the lake and then turned into a path leading through the trees up the eminence on the left the king was in a joyous mood and made no attempt to conceal the passion with which the fair damsel had inspired him if faith he cried the cardinal has a quick eye for a pretty wench i have heard that he loves one in secret and i am therefore the more beholden to him for discovering mabel to me you forget my liege that it is his object to withdraw your regards from the lady anne boleyn remarked suffolk i care not what his motive may be as long as the result is so satisfactory returned henry confess now suffolk you never beheld a figure so perfect a complexion so blooming or eyes so bright as to her lips by my soul i never tasted such and your majesty is not inexperienced in such matters laughed suffolk for my own part i was as much struck by her grace as by her beauty and can scarcely persuade myself she can be nothing more than a mere forester's granddaughter wolsey told me there was a mystery about her birth rejoined henry but pest on it her beauty drove all recollection of the matter out of my head i will go back and question her now your majesty forgets that your absence from the castle will occasion surprise if not alarm said suffolk the mystery will keep till to-morrow tut tut i will return said the king perversely and suffolk knowing his wilfulness and that all remonstrance would prove fruitless retraced his steps with him they had not proceeded far when they perceived a female figure at the bottom of the ascent just where the path turned off on the margin of the lake as i live there she is exclaimed the king joyfully she has divined my wishes and is come herself to tell me her history and he sprang forward while mabel advanced rapidly towards him they met half-way and henry would have caught her in his arms but she avoided him exclaiming in a tone of confusion and alarm thank heaven i have found you sire thank heaven too sweetheart rejoined henry i would not hide when you are the seeker so you know me huh i knew you at first replied mabel confusedly i saw you at the great hunting party and once beheld your majesty is not easily forgotten <laughs> by st george you turn a compliment as soothly as the most practised dame at court cried henry catching her hand beseech your majesty release me returned mabel struggling to get free i did not follow you on the light errand you suppose but to warn you of danger before you quitted my grandsire's cottage i told you this part of the forest was haunted by plunderers and evil beings 
and apprehensive lest some mischance might befall you i opened the window softly to look after you and you overheard me tell the duke of suffolk how much smitten i was with your beauty huh? interrupted the king squeezing her hand and how resolved i was to make you mine huh, sweetheart the words i heard were of very different import my liege rejoined mabel you were menaced by miscreants who purposed to waylay you before you could reach your steed let them come replied henry carelessly they shall pay for their villainy how many were there two sire answered mabel but one of them was hern the weird hunter of the forest he said he would summon his band to make you captive what can your strong arm even aided by that of the duke of suffolk avail against numbers captive huh? exclaimed the king said the knave so he did sire replied mabel and i knew it was hern by his antlered helm there is reason in what the damsel says my liege interposed suffolk if possible you had better avoid an encounter with the villains my hands itch to give them a lesson rejoined henry but i will be ruled by you god's death i will return to-morrow and hunt them down like so many wolves where are your horses sire asked mabel tied to a tree at the foot of the hill replied henry but i have attendants midway between this spot and snow hill this way then said mabel breaking from him and darting into a narrow path among the trees henry ran after her but was not agile enough to overtake her at length she stopped if your majesty will pursue this path she cried you will come to an open space amid the trees when if you will direct your course towards a large beech tree on the opposite side you will find another narrow path which will take you where you desire to go but i cannot go alone cried henry mabel however slipped past him and was out of sight in an instant henry looked as if he meant to follow her but suffolk ventured to arrest him do not tarry here longer my gracious liege said the duke danger is to be apprehended and the sooner you rejoin your attendant the better return with them if you please but do not expose yourself further now henry yielded though reluctantly and they walked on in silence ere long they arrived at the open space described by mabel and immediately perceived the large beech tree behind which they found the path by this time the moon had arisen and as they emerged upon the marsh they easily discovered a track though not broader than a sheep-walk leading along its edge as they hurried across it suffolk occasionally cast a furtive glance over his shoulder but he saw nothing to alarm him the whole tract of marshy land on the left was hidden from view by a silvery mist in a few minutes the king and his companion gained firmer ground and ascending the gentle elevation on the other side of the marsh made their way to a little knoll crowned by a huge oak which commanded a fine view of the lake winding through the valley beyond henry who was a few yards in advance of his companion paused at a short distance from the tree and being somewhat overheated took off his cap to wipe his brow laughingly observing 
in good truth suffolk we must henceforth be rated as miserable fainéants to be scared from our path by a silly wench's tale of deer-stealers and wild huntsmen i am sorry i yielded to her entreaties if herne be still extant he must be more than a century and a half old for unless the legend is false he flourished in the time of my predecessor richard the second i would i could see him behold him then cried a harsh voice from behind turning at the sound henry perceived a tall dark figure of hideous physiognomy and strange attire helmed with a huge pair of antlers standing between him and the oak tree so sudden was the appearance of the figure that in spite of himself the king slightly started what art thou he demanded what i have said replied the demon i am herne the hunter welcome to my domain harry of england you are lord of the castle but i am lord of the forest <laughs> i am lord both of the forest and the castle yea of all this broad land false fiend cried the king and none shall dispute it with me in the name of the most holy faith of which i am the defender i command thee to avoid my path get thee backward satan the demon laughed derisively harry of england advance towards me and you advance upon your peril he rejoined avaunt i say cried the king in the name of the blessed trinity and of all holy angels and saints i strike and he whirled the staff round his head but ere the weapon could descend a flash of dazzling fire encircled the demon amidst which he vanished heaven protect us exclaimed henry appalled at this juncture the sound of a horn was heard and a number of wild figures in fantastic garbs some mounted on swarthy steeds and accompanied by hounds others on foot issued from the adjoining covert and hurried towards the spot occupied by the king ha exclaimed henry more of the same sort hell it would seem has let loose her hosts but i have no fear of them stand by me suffolk to the death sire replied the duke drawing his sword by this time one of the foremost of the impish crew had reached the king and commanded him to yield himself prisoner dost know whom thou askest to yield dog cried henry furiously yea replied the other thou art the king then down on thy knees traitor roared henry down all of ye and sue for mercy for mercy <laughs> rejoined the other it is thy turn to sue for mercy tyrant we acknowledge no other ruler than herne the hunter then seek him in hell cried henry dealing the speaker a tremendous blow on the head with his staff which brought him senseless to the ground the others immediately closed round him and endeavoured to seize the king <sighs> dogs traitors vociferated henry plying his staff with great activity and bringing down an assailant at each stroke do you dare to lay hands upon our sacred person back back 
the determined resistance offered by the king supported as he was by suffolk paralyzed his assailants who seemed more bent upon securing his person than doing him injury but suffolk's attention was presently diverted by the attack of a fierce black hound set upon him by a stout fellow in a bearded mask after a hard struggle and not before he had been severely bitten in the arm the duke contrived to dispatch his assailant this to avenge poor bawsey cried the man who had set on the hound stabbing at suffolk with his knife but the duke parried the blow and disarming his antagonist forced him to the ground and tearing off his mask disclosed the features of morgan fenwolf meanwhile henry had been placed in considerable jeopardy like suffolk he had slaughtered a hound and in aiming a blow at the villain who set it on his foot slipped and he lay at his mercy the wretch raised his knife and was in the act of striking when a sword was passed through his body the blow was decisive the king instantly arose and the rest of his assailants horse as well as foot disheartened by what had occurred beat a hasty retreat harry turned to look for his deliverer and uttered an exclamation of astonishment and anger ah oh, god's death he cried can i believe my eyes is it you sir thomas wyatt ay replied the other what do you here huh demanded the king you should be in paris i have tarried for revenge replied wyatt revenge huh cried henry on whom on you replied wyatt what vociferated henry foaming with rage is it you traitor who have devised this damnable plot is it you who would make your king a captive you who slay him have you leagued yourself with fiends but wyatt made no answer and though he lowered the point of his sword he regarded the king sternly a female figure now rushed forward and bending before the king cried in an imploring voice spare him sire spare him he is no party to the attack i was near him in yon wood and he stirred not forth till he saw your life in danger he then delivered you from the assassin i did so because i reserved him for my own hand said wyatt you hear him confess his treason cried henry down on your knees villain or i will strike you to my feet he has just saved your life my liege cried the supplicant oh spare him what make you here mabel cried henry angrily i followed your majesty unseen she replied in some confusion and reached yon wood just as the attack commenced i did not dare to advance farther you should have gone home gone home rejoined the king wyatt he continued in a tone of stern reproach you were once a loyal subject what means this change it means that you have robbed me of a mistress replied wyatt and for this cause i have damned myself pardon him oh pardon him sire cried mabel i cannot understand you wyatt said henry after a pause but i have myself suffered from the pangs of jealousy 
you have saved my life and i will spare yours sire cried wyatt suffolk exclaimed henry looking towards the duke who was holding fenwolf by the throat shall i be justified in letting him go free strike strike cried a deep voice in wyatt's ear your rival is now in your power far be it from me to thwart your majesty's generous impulses rejoined suffolk it is true that wyatt has saved your life and if he had been disposed to take it you have this moment exposed yourself to him sir thomas wyatt said the king turning to him you have my full and free pardon quit this forest instantly and make your way to paris if you are found within it to-morrow you will be lodged in the tower wyatt knelt down and would have pressed henry's hand to his lips but the latter pushed him aside no no not now on your return thus rebuffed wyatt strode away and as he passed the tree he heard a voice exclaim you have escaped him but think not to escape me and now sweetheart said henry turning to mabel since you are so far on the way you shall go with me to the castle on no account my liege she returned my grandsire will wonder what has become of me he must already be in great alarm but i will send an attendant to quiet his fears urged henry that would only serve to increase them she rejoined nay i must go and breaking from him she darted swiftly down the hill and glanced across the marsh like a moonbeam plague on it cried henry i have again forgotten to question her about her birth shall i dispatch this knave my liege cried suffolk pointing with his sword to fenwolf by no means said the king something may be learnt from him hark thee thou felon hound if thou indeed servest the fiend thou seest he deserts thee as he does all who put faith in him i see it replied fenwolf who finding resistance vain had folded his hands doggedly upon his breast then confess thy evil practices said the king give me my life and i will replied fenwolf and as he uttered the words he caught sight of the dark figure of herne stationed at the side of the oak with its right arm raised menacingly what seest thou cried henry remarking his fixed gaze towards the tree and glancing in that direction fenwolf made no reply henry went up to the tree and walked round it but he could see nothing i will scour the forest to-morrow he muttered and hang every knave i find within it who cannot give a good account of himself ho 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 laughed a voice which seemed to proceed from the branches of the tree henry looked up but no one was visible god's death derided he roared man or devil thou shalt feel my wrath ho 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 again laughed the voice 
stamping with rage henry swore a great oath and smote the trunk of the tree with his sword your majesty will search in vain said suffolk it is clearly the fiend with whom you have to deal and the aid of holy priests must be obtained to drive him from the forest ho 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 again laughed the voice a party of horsemen now appeared in view they proved to be the royal attendants who had ridden forward in search of the king and were instantly hailed by henry and suffolk they were headed by a captain bouchier who at a sign from the king instantly dismounted give me your horse bouchier said henry and do you and half a dozen of your men remain on guard at this tree till i send a troop of arquebusiers to relieve you when they arrive station them near it and let them remain here till i return in the morning if any one appears make him a prisoner your majesty's orders shall be faithfully obeyed replied bouchier bound hand and foot fenwolf was thrown upon the back of a horse and guarded by two halberdiers who were prepared to strike him dead on the slightest movement in this way he was conveyed to the castle and placed in the guard chamber of the lower gate till further orders should be issued respecting him End of chapter eight